We've been working through our series entitled Evidence. We just sang the song about just a closer walk with thee. We, John had talked about walking in the darkness or walking in the light. Well, when you're clo- walking closely with Jesus, you're walking in the light. And, and John is continuing to develop this walk with Christ, how we show evidences of our faith and what we believe. Uh, The Apostle John is writing to his audience in Asia Minor, and there were these false beliefs, these false teachings that were being presented to them that were trying to drag them away from the church where they were a part of, and he's trying to, to combat those. One of the false teachings were promoting a gospel that left out the combination of Jesus' divinity and his humanity. The fact that Jesus was both divine and human. And so John is writing to combat these things, and we've talked about this verse a lot, 1 John 5, 13. He says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. And so these evidences are to assure us of our salvation. I don't know about you, but there are times when you come across things, whether it's online or in readings, and you read something and you think it's in the Bible, (laughs) but then when you actually look, you realize that's not actually anything that's in the Bible. Right? There are some of these things that maybe we've been taught that we saw on a flannel graph when we were kids, and then it sinks in later and we don't know that it's not actually true. Did you know that the fruit that Eve ate was not actually an apple? The Bible says it was just a piece of fruit. We're not given a description what it was. In the book of Jonah, a lot of us say that Jonah was in the belly of a whale, right? The Bible actually doesn't use the term whale. It uses the term a large fish, right? So there's these things in the Bible that we think maybe are there. Uh, We're coming up to Christmas time. We're moving closer. As soon as Halloween's over, they'll have the Christmas decorations out, right? Maybe sooner. Um, They're already out? Okay, they're already out. Um, So in, in your sets that you put out during Christmas time, right, there's always three wise men. The wise men, there weren't actually three, the Bible says. We know they brought three gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, right? And so I think because we say there's three gifts, we think there's three wise men. Also, we don't know that they came during Jesus' birth. Could be they came actually much later, could have been years later. Jesus could have been two or three at that point. We don't know. So there are things that we've learned that aren't necessarily in the Bible. Here's a few phrases. 
God helps those who help themselves. Not a verse in the Bible. Cleanliness is next to godliness. <laughs> also not a verse in the Bible. God works in mysterious ways. Not in the Bible. Money is the root of all evil. No, that's not in the Bible. The Bible says it's the love of money that's the root of all evil. Okay, so I'm going to take a cue from my audience here. You all are telling me you are very warm. <laughs> and we're going to fix that. Because otherwise, you're going to be doing this the whole time. There we go. Thank you. You're welcome. I see the bulletin start coming out, and everybody's doing this, and I'm like, you know, we're in that weather right now. It's cold in the morning, so the heat's on. And then it gets warmer, and then I look back, and my, my little thing that does the, the time that's huge, it also tells me the temperature, and it's 76 in here right now, which is a little warm. So we'll get that cooled off for you guys, and uh, hopefully that will stop being a distraction here in a little bit. Um, so there's these ideas in Scripture that we, we think maybe are true, but then when we go to Scripture, when we look for them, they're not there. And John is going to warn believers. I've talked this morning about determining the true spirit. John is going to warn the believers there in Asia Minor about a spirit that is false versus a spirit that is true. A spirit that is trying to, to give lies versus a spirit of truth. So let's read our text this morning, 1 John chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. John writes this, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. John is starting to drive a wedge between those who are the true believers and those who are the false believers. He's trying to show them, listen, these are those who are true, these are those who are not. 
John says there's these two spirits. There's the spirit of truth, which is referring to the Holy Spirit, and the spirit of error. So how do we determine, which is what John is talking about, how do we determine between these two spirits? A spirit of truth or a spirit of error? Well, he gives us some indications for what a, what a spirit of lie, what comes from a spirit of lie. The message is a lie if it attempts to lead you away from God. A message is a lie if it attempts you to lead you away from God. If it's leading you to worship anything but Jehovah, but Yahweh, but God then it's coming from a lie. Secondly, it teaches false beliefs. We're going to talk about this probably a lot today, but how do you know if something's true or false? It teaches false beliefs. It denies Jesus as Savior. It's a lie if it's denying who Jesus was, either physically, that he was a human on earth, that was one of the lies that they were being told, or spiritually, that he was the Savior, the Messiah, Christ, who came. So denying Jesus is Savior. Saying things that sound right. Saying things that sound right, but are not actually true. If I had given you guys a a quiz this morning... On those things that I said you hear in the Bible, it probably would have gotten some answers back that said, oh yeah, that's true, that's in the Bible, right? If I said it wasn't an open book quiz, (laughs) you couldn't go and search for it. So lies say things that sound right, but are not actually true. And then another thing that John is talking about here is in lies, they're communicating things that can be very popular, They're very popular, but it's popularity from a worldly perspective. So what are some of the lies, the religious opinions that we currently hear in our culture that are lies? Well, the first one is there is no God. I hear that quite often. There's a lot of people that are atheists out there that say there is no God. And that space that if you underline there is no God, you could put a blank there. There is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no afterlife. That's the beliefs. That's the culture we're living in. There is just that there is nothing there. There's nothing other than what is currently surrounding us. Uh, Another belief I hear is it doesn't really matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you believe. God's not going to send me to hell. Another one is, all religions are really the same. They're all getting us to the same spot. They're all equal. Another one that's very popular is, you can believe what you want to believe as long as it doesn't affect me. Right? And then another one that's pretty common is, I do some bad things, I do some good things, they're all going to equal out in the end, right? It's all going to be okay, or does it really even matter? And so there are these false beliefs that we have coming at us, just like 
John's church had coming at them. They may not be the exact same, but they're still coming from a spirit of falsehood or a spirit of lies versus a spirit of the truth. And we have to learn as Christians how to defend those things. As Paul was writing to Timothy, Timothy was his young protege, and in the book of 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, it was some of Paul's last letters. He was in prison, he's writing to his young protege Timothy, and he's giving them these instructions. And here's some of what Paul says to Timothy about this. In 1 Timothy 4.1, he says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits, spirits who are lying, who are bringing falsehood, false teachers, and teachings of demons, Paul says, in the last times. Well, we've been living in those last times since Paul wrote these letters. This has been happening. Some are leaving the faith. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to truth and wandering off into myths. Do we see this today? Yes. People go for the teaching that would, that matches maybe something they believe, but it's not actually true according to God's word. And so uh, the question then becomes for people, why would I listen to someone who is going to confront me or tell me I'm wrong when I can find somebody who says, that's okay, everyone does that, that's not a sin. You don't have to feel bad about that. And so these people are not enduring sound teaching, but rather looking for teaching that just says, oh, that's fine. You're okay. Don't worry about that. It, it really comes out of the idea of relativism. Relativism says that there is truth in our culture that has to be found. The truth is there in our culture, but it has to be found. And that's kind of what the Gnostics were saying to a degree. They were saying there's knowledge that needs to be found, and once you attain that knowledge, you will get eternal life. Rather than saying... The truth is here. People say the truth is out there somewhere. Maybe by learning enough. Maybe by going to school for long enough. Maybe by getting my master's degree. Maybe by getting my doctorate. Maybe eventually I will know enough truth. And that will get me to heaven. But relativism also denies that there's absolute truth. And it denies that there's absolute truth found in God's word. That this is true whether I say it's true or not. Because I am not the determining factor whether this is true or not. You understand that, right? 
the validity of God's word does not rely on me. It relies on him. So John gives us four actions to verify the message we hear. Four actions to verify the message. First, he says, test the spirits. Test the spirits. And John's already covered the topic of Antichrist a couple times in his book. He's talked about the false prophets who are coming. And Jesus even gives this illustration. And a lot of times I, I feel like John is just referring you back. Like, okay, do you remember what Jesus said here? Matthew chapter 7, verse, starting in verse 15, he says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits." How did Jesus say we could recognize? Well, you just got to go up to them and unzip their costume. No, apparently they look so much like a sheep, the wolf has such a good costume that you cannot tell the difference between this wolf and a sheep. The only way you know the difference is by their fruit, by what they're producing. Jesus says a wolf is not going to produce the same thing that a sheep would produce. So he says, grapes don't come from thorn bushes, figs don't come from thistles, healthy trees bear good fruit, diseased trees bear bad fruit. So look at the outcome. Look at what the fruit is. Test the spirit in that way. Let me tell you that there are Christian pastors, authors, speakers who are not presenting the true word of God. When I was in college, I remember there was a man named Rob Bell. He was a very popular author, very popular. He put series out and videos out. But years go by, his church exploded. He, has, he had a, a, a very large congregation. But then his beliefs started to shift. And I don't know how long it took, but pretty soon he was no longer teaching the truth of God's word. He was no longer preaching the truth of God's word. He left his church, but he still had popularity because he was saying things that the world liked, that made him popular. He was saying things that sounded true, but were not true. So we have to test the spirits. The Bible tells us that Satan is a deceiver, Satan is a father of lies, Satan has blinded the minds of unbelievers, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
And when you see these things, they should make a light bulb go off in, in your mind that, oh, this is not coming from God. This is not coming from the spirit of truth. This is coming from the spirit of the devil, of a lie, of a false teacher. And Paul gives some recommendations for what to do with that. He says, and give no opportunity to the devil. Don't give him any opportunity. And then in Ephesians 5, he says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them because you are walking in the light. You're exposing them because you're walking in the light and God reveals that sinfulness to you. You go, ah, let me get rid of that. So Paul says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. The second action he gives us is to recognize the true spirit. So first you test the spirit. Second, you recognize the true spirit. John says the true spirit is going to confess Jesus as Christ and you will recognize his voice. Jesus said in John chapter 16, when the spirit of truth comes, not the spirit of lies, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, where does he hear it from? God the Father, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You know the book of Revelation? That was the Holy Spirit revealing to John the things that are to come. And so Jesus says the spirit of truth is going to speak the truth to you and that's going to come through the Father and it's going to be revealed to you. I know I've said this before. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, is never going to contradict the words of God. Never going to contradict the words of God. If you feel like the Spirit is telling you to do something, but God's Word is telling you that you should not do that specifically, that's not the Holy Spirit telling you that you should do that. You need to test the spirits. You need to recognize the true spirit. Paul says this, Now we have received not the spirit of the world, the spirit of lies, the spirit of falsehood, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. Why? Because those who are walking in darkness are blind they can no longer see. Those who are walking in light have the things of God revealed to them. Their eyes are open and they can understand the scriptures and the word of God. Later in the book of 1 Corinthians, he says, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Where do these things come from? One day I was uh, driving back home. I left church here. and It was a 
car on the side of the road. I stopped and started talking with these older um, couple. And the lady, not too long into our conversation, she said, Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I said, Well, yes, I do. What was she saying? Was she speaking out of the spirit of lies or the spirit of truth? Yeah, she was speaking out of the spirit of truth. Jesus said that the spirit of truth will guide you in all truth. We have to recognize the true spirit. Verse 4 says this. He says, little children, back in 1 John, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. The spirit of God is in us. Distinguish our source of power. Where is our power coming from? Well, we know that in Matthew chapter 28, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he has all authority. And then Paul in the book of Romans says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Where is that power coming from? The spirit who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He's giving our, lot, our, our bodies life. So we have to distinguish our source of power. As we talked about before, there's this wolf in sheep's clothing. And they're going to be putting out bad fruit, rotten fruit. Their works are going to be sinful. There's going to be that nature to their, their works. But we're told in the book of Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, right? When you see these fruit, you know they're from the Spirit of truth, from God, from the Holy Spirit. Finally, actions to verify the message we hear, uh, listen to the words of God. Listen to the words of God. John says that those who are of God, those who are true believers, will be listening to the apostles and listening to what Jesus said. Jesus said in the book of, of John, clicker's not working here. There we go. In the book of John, he says, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. 
My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. John's saying you need to listen to that voice. It's either coming through the apostles who were there and heard his voice, who wrote the Gospels out, coming from God's Word, coming from the Holy Spirit. See, our job as Christians is to delineate between messages that distract away from the Gospel and messages that lead towards the Gospel. In order to do that, we have to know the truth. We have to be in God's Word. We have to be searching it to know what it says. Reading it for ourselves. The Bible tells us that as Christians, we have the spirit of truth inside of us directing us to the truth, directing us to understand the difference between a lie when we hear it. The prophet Ezekiel was prophesying about that when he said, uh, in, God said this through the prophet Ezekiel, he said, and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. God said that. We're living in that age right now. His spirit is inside of us, causing us to walk in the light. As he, Jesus Christ, is in the light. Following his statutes, following his rules. So in closing this morning, God has given us his spirit to guide us to truth. God has given us his spirit to guide us to truth. Would you pray with me? Father, there are times it's hard to distinguish between the lies of the world, the popular opinions of the world, and your truth. Father, I pray that you would give us an extra measure of wisdom in order to discern between the lies and the false teachings that we read and your word of truth, your spirit of truth, which is to be affecting and changing our lives so that those things, the fruit of the spirit, can be evident. So that we can have more love in our lives, more joy in our lives, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, and more self-control. God, make those things evident in our lives. Help our lives to bear good fruit. as an evidence of our salvation.
Father, we pray for those who don't know you, whether they're friends, relatives, family members. God, we ask that you would be working in their lives. We know the Holy Spirit begins to convict and change hearts, and God, we pray that. For those who need to hear it, maybe it's going to come through a program like Mom's Group or an event like Trunk or Treat, but God, be working ahead to prepare hearts and lives to be affected by the truth of your word. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.